Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 177 of Korea Podcast. Our today's guest is Sanguine. He's an illustrator and comic artist from New York. Now, of course, before we start with the questions and everything, I need to quickly mention that in the for contact section of the caption, which is the first thing you see after the guest's introduction, is his Instagram ID. The I, his Instagram ID of his uh, personal IP that is developing his webcomic that is developing, which of course we're going to talk about it in the podcast as well. And also, most importantly, a link to his Patreon, which there's like you want just one year of membership to it, which you which for five dollars a month plus VAT, you know, taxes and all that stuff, you can become a sanguiner, which you will be invited to join his private Discord where he'll post live critique sessions at least once a week and probably more, you know, so you never know. And you, you can go there to, you know, get general advice, you know, and chat and have fun. You know, it's a, it's a fun thing, you know, if you're into the t- style of illustration that is doing, you know. You know, it's, it's a good deal. And with that being out of the way, let's jump into the first question I ask everyone. Give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design. And basically, another way to phrase this question is, what was the moment that made you realize, oh, I want to become an artist, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for that introduction, and thanks for having me. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, the thing that made me want to be an artist uh, is that I've just loved doing art since I was a kid. Um, I know it's kind of a non-answer, but uh, it's actually just always been a part of my life. Um, so as I grew older, you know, certain things would inspire me uh, and um, sort of get me back into art every now and then uh, and like messing around with character design or creature design. Um, and then I decided to start taking art seriously. Uh, later on in life um, for certain reasons. Yeah. All right. And all right. In the introduction, I, of course, I mentioned that you're an illustrator and comic artist. But yeah. now this time I want to ask, I want you to go a little bit deeper for us. Like, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on right now? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now, basically. So right now, I'm, I would still say that, yes, I'm an illustrator. Uh, my focus uh, presently is selling prints uh, on my store um, just because I wanted to try it and I enjoyed doing it. Um, and it felt like the right path just based on the things that I was creating because um, it's not really conducive to like concept art or uh, anything else. It's really just pure illustration, the things that I've been making lately. Um, so that's why I wanted to print them out and sell them to people. Um, but, you know, I, I've sort of dabbled with a lot of different uh, sort of avenues of creation. Um, and I expect that I won't be just sticking with illustration forever and that I'll uh, get into other things like even animation and stuff. All right. And I mean, not just animation. I mean, I think like what I love to see, like in the indie game scene is that, you know, games with a, a unique art cells. Like, I mean, even I think with your art cell alone, you know, you could just it could turn into a marketable indie game, you know, at some point, you know? Yeah. There, there were games like, you know, that they just sold because of their art, you know? And it's, it's such a unique thing. Usually the art sells visuals because games aren't usually played because of 
that sweet little short dopamine rush. Sometimes games are played for like, you know, a lot of reasons. Like sometimes the game has a nice scenery and that you just want to walk around in it. Maybe the game just looks pretty and beautiful or has a nice soundtrack, you know? Yeah. And uh, it could be many cells. Like for example, imagine a game with like, like this is just a, like a random cell that just popped into my head. Like, like it, everything is in a cardboard, like a gouache type painting style. Like every item is like made of cardboard and the textures are a bit like washy. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. like that. Yeah. Or like even Paper Mario. Yeah, exactly. It's just Mario, but paper. And everyone loved it. Yeah, there you go. And... Um, all right, now we we talked about, you know, some your origins and how your come up basically how you became an artist. But now I want to ask you this, which is how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new piece or project? Basically, when you by that, I mean, what does the structure for a pipeline looks like from the idea of a like a character, for example, that you have to the finished, like, you know, piece? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my answer is not all that interesting, uh, and it's that I don't really have one. Generally, I, if I feel like I want to draw a piece, I will just try to execute it right away. Uh, and sometimes it's actually really just the first iteration that becomes the piece. And sometimes I'll iterate on an idea a few times uh, in that way. Uh, and if it's not going where I want it to go, I'll usually just start over. So I don't have any like ideation process where I'll like sketch out some concepts and uh, like write anything up. I actually just go right for it immediately. All right. And by the way, just wondering, do you also like like the rest of us have one of those Pinterest boards with like 200, 300 pins that <laughs> that you always like find inspirations from them, but you but you rarely get the time to actually go work on them. Do you also do that as well? Uh, yes, I do have a Pinterest. Uh, I actually don't use it for inspiration, really. Um, but I do have one. Uh, most of my, like, if I, like, am really looking for inspiration from other artists, I'll uh, go on my art station likes. Because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is your webcomic that you've been developing, with, <laughs> which is called Holding a Circlet. Yep. All right, so for the uninitiated, could you please explain to us what it is? Like, in, in, of course, if maybe there's some info that you don't want to divulge just with, you know, right now. Yes. But if there's anything about the story settings or just art or where is it right now at the pipeline of the production? Just yeah. listen right now. So for the, un for the uninitiated, it's uh, it's a webcomic. Um, the whole idea of it is that every panel is one square image with no text. Um, and the entire novel is purely visual. So there's never any text to inform the reader about anything. So it's, it's actually just a bunch of pictures. Uh, and the story is told through those pictures. Uh, it's not my idea. I uh, took it from um, Matt Rhodes who did the same thing with his Tellurian project. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. It's like super cool. And I'm basically doing exactly what he did. Uh, just slightly different format. My images are square and his are not. Um, and I'm only sharing it on Inst Instagram uh, presently. 
So uh, I sort of just like came up with this idea um, just through drawing girls with like snake hair, you know? Um, and it it came to me in like some crazy wave of inspiration uh, back in 2020. I think it was 2020. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's obviously a lot of work to uh, to draw each panel. Uh, so the progress on it has been really slow. So I don't think I've posted a new panel for a couple months now, um, just because I haven't been working on it. But uh, the comic itself may never actually be finished because I have other plans for the story, uh, which I've never actually officially announced to anybody. So this is like the first time I'm telling someone this. Um, actually planning to make it into a TV show with my friend Modern Day James. Uh, so the work on it that I've been doing lately is um, to serve that goal. And I'm actually working on it right now. Um, basically just doing like uh, character turnarounds for him uh, so he can start animating them. Um, and our uh, our first goal is to make a trailer uh, for the show that we can pitch to people. Uh, and I've been sort of working out the details of the writing because now that the scope of the uh, now that the scope of the project has increased, I sort of need to flesh out the world and characters a little better because it's not just, you know, a comic with pictures. It's actually going to be a show. So I've also been working on that uh, the past couple of weeks. So, yeah, right. I, hope, I hope that answered your questions. Yeah, it did. And there's some interesting points to be made here, which is yeah. one of them, I think, is, by the way, shout out to Modern Day James. Like his videos on YouTube are amazing. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah and here's the thing like that's actually such a good idea what you guys are doing so are you are you guys aiming for it to be an animated series or an, an actual movie but you're using animation as a way to pitch the idea right animated series yeah oh nice nice very nice and um i had another question you know of course which is in your opinion since uh, you're someone who also works who uh, who's working on their own ip personal ip what makes an interesting character to you when you play a game or watch a movie or any piece of media? I know it's one of those annoying general questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not an annoying question at all. Actually, I think it's a really important question that people should think about. Um, what makes an interesting character to me is someone who has a motivation to do something and a good reason for that motivation. Uh, very clear weaknesses very clear strengths um and like a good character arc right so that they change throughout the story uh and they um try to fix their weaknesses basically um and the other thing that a character needs is adversity right there has to be some conflict going on that challenges them that exposes them for their weaknesses and allows them to uh, explore their strengths and use their strengths. I know it's sort of a vague answer, but these things are really important. And there are a lot of characters in in modern cinema who don't have these qualities. Um, 
but it's a really important thing to have because you need your uh, viewer to to empathize with the character. Uh, and they can only do that if they're actually a human, right? And all humans have weaknesses. Yes, and that's your answer was actually pretty good and basically covered the whole... But, you know, in, in a good sense, generally, it covered every aspect that what makes a good character in general. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I think for me is the immersion factor. What I mean by that is, of course, you know, so if you, sometimes when you, of course, write characters, you base of of course the genre of media you're working in uh, you need sometimes you need to go a little bit deeper about their psychology sometimes even construct their past and traumas and stuff like that yep. uh, but for me when for example a character for example in my head i'm watching something all right or reading something mm-hmm. and the character in question does the same thing that i'm thinking something snaps in my head i'm like yes <laughs> like I guess uh, like like a good example of that for me is that happened a lot was in uh, have you watched the series Firefly? It's an early two thousands Western sci fi. Um, yeah, it's like my favorite show. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. Hell yeah! Let's go. <laughs> I love that show so much. Exactly. And Malcolm Reynolds was actually one of my favorite well-written characters. And you're, you you might be like, oh my god, Ramti, you're trying to compare yourself to the protagonist main character. By the way, it wasn't really the main character, but you get the right. point. Like, I'm not doing that because he's main character or cool guy or something. But I could predict his, uh, like, you know, actions and thoughts based on the past episodes I've seen. And that's what's a good, consistent character, you know? Yes. And, Another thing for me, another piece of media that is my my favorite video game of all time, which is Fallout New Vegas, and surprisingly enough, it's in the same genre as Firefly, Western sci-fi. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the writing in that game is just amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fanboy or I'm biased. Yeah. Like the writing in that game is actually superb in, ter- in terms of in video game writing. And yeah. uh, by the way, have you played Fallout New Vegas? I have not. No. Oh, you should definitely try. I, I I'm like one of those people who loves video games but doesn't actually play any video games. I'm like a fake gamer, basically. No, no, wait, wait, wait. That's actually such a good point because it's been like, <laughs> listen because it's been two three years for me that I'm the same way but with movies and series. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, what I do, I go on YouTube and watch five minutes recaps of a movie or a series. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Just so you can stay in the loop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, who cares? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, for example, a Stranger Things, I I only watched this one, like, when it came out, but I'm, I'm just too fucking like, to catch up. <laughs> I think you don't need to. Uh, exactly. From what I understand, season one's the only one that's worth watching. Uh, but I don't know. I, I know season four just came out, so maybe it's good. Yeah, everyone's just raving about it. It's breaking records. It's probably must be good. That's, yeah. Uh, I kind of like... But I mean, yeah. at the same time, Squid Game also broke records, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally don't trust that. Like, not not to be like super edgy and annoying, but yeah, I um, know. yeah sometimes it, it, it's just not accurate and you might not like it just because everyone else likes it. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, basically those type of characters for me that their character is consistent. And, but of course, I don't like consistent characters. I don't mean close-minded characters that they don't change and their characteristics remain the same. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Right. 
there are a certain set of values inside each human that develops throughout time, and uh, it's the same with fictional characters, you know? Yeah. And one of the things that I would love to see in media is, you know, the, the thing that can really hook me into media is how it's, like, you know, shortcuts and doesn't try to necessarily tread on the cliches. Of course, I don't want to, like, sound like I'm some sort of avant-garde, like, you know, artist. <laughs> but... In general, I love it when someone, you know, successfully breaks the mold of a cliche, cliche in writing, in anything, you know? Yeah. And, and um, like, there's so many things in my head that but I don't remember right now. You know, one of those moments. I yeah. Give an example, but I kind of forgot because I've been kind of, of course, I'm not at the same uh, level in my art or at the same level of developments where you are in your personal IP, but I've been kind of developing my personal IP like since I was like 17, like daydreaming, like, you know, yeah. right out. And uh, funny enough, like most of the inspirations of it came from my dreams. Like I'm one of those people who has super vivid, detailed, like weird visual dreams, you know? Yeah. And, like and here's the weirdest thing my dreams are kind of acting like a movie like there's camera angles it shows the event in, it's crazy you know that sounds and pretty I, dope actually wow yeah sometimes it gets hard my dreams get get actually really scary so that's not amazing at that point <laughs> like actually yes and and i was kind of wondering like how how would someone who has aphantasia see these dreams you know you yeah. know what aphantasia is that's uh just remind me uh, by the way, to anyone who's also listening, let me just quickly explain what aphantasia is. Basically, it's a condition where someone can't really form visual, like, you know, um, images in their head or brain. They can't visualize, basically. And there are actually artists who, like professional artists, even in concept art, who are, have aphantasia. I saw an interview somewhere on YouTube. And basically, they have to go with references a lot, like with everything. Like we, of course, we even us, we who don't have aphantasia should do that. But they have to be a lot more hardcore on that <laughs> because they can't visualize at all, like at all. Like, and it's something that I can't really fathom. It's like another dimension in our understanding that I really can't fathom. How is it like to not have visual? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's kind of like mental blindness, in a sense. Right. Yeah. And uh, by the way, aside from Firefly, do you have any other inspirations or things that you really love or like? Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. really love that show. Uh, it's one of my biggest inspirations for the show. Um, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. But yes, there are other things I like. Let me think about it. Understandable. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Avatar while you try to remember. Yeah, I think you, that's right. Here's the thing. Actually, Avatar, I love Avatar as well. And I don't know, for anyone who's listening who is also a fan of Avatar, and for you, I don't know if you're up in the news, but in 2024, 23, 25, if I'm not mistaken, there's going to be three a trilogy of mo animated movies, one of them based on Korra, one of them based on Zuko, and one of them based on Avatar Koishi, which is going to be pretty dope. And awesome. it, do, you, do you do you know the lore behind the Avatar Koishi? Of course, I'm not going to spoil that much, but just the general. Um, well, I only know the lore that has to do with the last Airbender show, like that she killed that dude on the island and like, yeah. they were like burning her statue or something. 
Yeah, basically, from what I've heard and saw in the different forums and comment sections, she's basically kind of a psychopathic killer or something like that. That <laughs> way, but it's kind of interesting because Ang is like, "No, I'm I'm going to take your power and imprison you. No, I'm not going to kill you. Although you did all this mass genocide and all that stuff." Yeah. But Koshi is like, "Hold my beer." And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be kind of interesting to see that as well. And all right, so we got good. We got the similar taste when it comes to media and writing. That's interesting. That's interesting for sure. Yeah, and, I like uh, Studio Ghibli films too. Oh yeah, that's those a, are that's a big one. Yeah. Um, I like Lord of the Rings. What is your like name some of your favorite fictional characters in terms of writing that you really like? Ah. Uh, let's see. These questions are hard. I should have come prepared for this. No, actually, here's the thing. If, if you were asking me for questions, I wouldn't have given it to you. Do you know why? Because the answers <laughs> you... Listen, I'm, I'm, it's not because I'm... Right. Like, <laughs> you. It's because um, the answers oh. you give me are the real answers, you know? Because if yeah. you become prepared, you have everything like organized, written down, you know? And yeah, you yeah. just say it, but... When... I have an answer. I have an answer. All right. Uh, Cusco. Cusco from uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Um, it's a Disney movie. Uh, you might recognize it if I send you a picture. Is there a way I can share pictures with you really easily? Um, you can just send it to me on Skype, yeah, in a Skype chat. But of course, we don't have a screen share, so. Yeah, it's this guy. He gets turned into a llama. I guess if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, I can post images in here. Yeah, there he is. Oh yeah. Oh, is it from Road to El Dorado? No, no, it's a similar aesthetic. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's both like that sort of Central American type cultural look, um, but it's not from that. Although that is, that's also a great movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I really like that as well. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. I like Han Solo too from Star Wars. Oh. Um, I think he's a great character. It's been a while since I've seen the Star Wars films, though the originals. But listen, want... from based on the stuff you told me, you would love the characters in Fallout series. There are like a lot of them are like exceptional, like you know, surprisingly well written, and yeah. Like, Totally, you know, nice fleshed out characters. Like you, it's like playing Fallout New Vegas for me was like reading a really good book. But the fact was, it was a lot more fun because I could actually take control of the actions of the main character. You know, that's yeah. the experience of New Vegas. Is of course, I mean, compared to new games right now, because of of course it was from two, 12 years ago. The game is not really as dynamic as games today, but it still was for me like. A great experience and as still as i played sometimes today <laughs> after 12 years yeah i mean that's like me with skyrim like i i still play skyrim uh, even though it's obviously super old wait but what build do you do right now when a skyrim what do you mean like do you still go stealth archer or oh uh i usually do warrior but 
Uh, my most recent file was Stealth Archer, uh, who later was converted to Warrior <laughs> by me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing with the Skyrim is is that I mean, not it's amazing game. Like I wasted so much of my time on that game, but um, let's be honest, it wasn't really well balanced that much. Like the only no. like the only viable option is usually a self archer because, for example, if you go mage and you try to find the giant early level, you can't. Or if you're a warrior, definitely you can't fight a yeah. giant or a giant in the early. You should just spam arrows and go back to jump on a pillar so they can't reach you. <laughs> it rings yeah. and repeat and level up. Yeah. Yeah. And But I love the writing in terms of environmental. The storytelling in Skyrim was really strong, like, you know, really heavy. Like some of the quests that gets intertwined into the main, like, you know, storyline that's going on. Like, yeah. For example, a lot of the people you meet in different cities, for example, you enter, for example, a Deidre quest, all right? And a lot of the people that you meet a lot in the cities and you would never guess are part of, for example, a cannibalistic cult. And they all greet you in a secret hideout and they want to induct you. I don't know if you've done that quest, but... Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah this stuff I really enjoy. And um, so... Hole in the circle. Let us know when you get the offer. By the way, oh, a really interesting thing. By the way, a super interesting detail and juicy detail I need to mention. Speaking of personal IPs, which is how are you going to protect your IP from like theft by I don't know producers or directors that you might gonna pitch pitch it to? You know, I haven't explored that at all. I have no idea. Well, you're in good news right now because I actually interviewed someone like two, three days ago. He's and at the he basically done. He's basically finished his seven year personal IP, and it's kind of done. It's six hundred pages, and he nearly got it lost to a producer in Hollywood. But he told me two different things. First, you need to the most obvious answer is to first. Uh, copyright it and is it international copywriting is kind of expensive but it's necessary for IPs but another thing here's an interesting thing that's I think is gonna kind of uh, intrigue you as well is first write the whole script or you said it's not a script it's visual all right or animation or anything uh, finish it the version of it finish the beta version of it that you're going to send to for example I don't know a producer or something but don't mm -hmm. send producer first make a copy of it Go to post office and send it to yourself and home and don't open it. Don't open the post and not, nothing. And if it gets stolen or something, you can present that as evidence to court and say, this is the date of the package. This is the project that was in. And this shows that I worked on this and they stole from my idea. Wow. And he told me that. And yeah, exactly. Wow. Right? That's sneaky. <laughs> it's, it's super clever. And it, I, it's super simple, cheap. But super effective. Yeah. But of course, there's always like loopholes if someone has like connections and a lot of money, you know, they can always, you know, sometimes weasel their way out. So usually the best way is to actually copyright it. Or uh, the third option is um, if by chance you had connections to actually good trusted people who had connections to a producer, that would also be an option, which, you know, is usually a rare sight to see. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that I just wanted to let you know about that as well. That you can also yeah. do that. You know, like, like post yourself all the documents and evidences you can find, <laughs> like in DVD or anything, in a, even a USB flash drive or 
or physical, like in any shape or form you can. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's that expensive, right? Yeah. That's a good thing to know. Um, I, I sort of, I'm at the early stages, so I, I haven't really thought about that yet. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep those things in mind when I uh, actually start writing it. Yeah, and by the way, if you needed like you know more or questions about this stuff, I can link you with the artist I interviewed. By the way, like uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, that would yeah. Help. This is a, this is a nice thing about like interviewing many different people. You learn a lot of different stuff that's going to be useful <laughs> someday. You know. Yeah. And yeah, let's move into the next subject actually, uh, which yeah. is who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most. Uh, my favorite artist is Jakob Rebelka. Um, it, you want me to include links to their pages? Because I can do that. If that's helpful. Yes, late, yeah, later if you want, you can do that as well. But now it's not necessary. Okay. Um, yeah, Jakob Rebelka is my favorite. And then um, I think Nurjan Bekaliev is up there too for people who inspired and influenced my style. Um, uh, Max Greck also influenced my style quite a lot. Um, Claire Wendling. She's also a favorite of mine. Uh, I have so many. There are so many. Those are the main ones, though, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And that's the reason I don't give out questions before we start, because if I gave you the questions, you would have had it huge list. But now the ones that you said are the actual real answers, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, aside from art and copyright and IP and all of this stuff, I have another question. It's kind of non-art related, which is aside from art and everything you're doing, would you, what would you be interested to explore and learn in the future? Basically, what other hobbies and ambitions and aspirations you have in life, you know, aside from art you know yeah uh my main aspiration in life is game development um i love programming and i love making games um and i love storytelling and i love doing art so game development is really a combination of all those things so i'm actually working on uh an indie game um pretty uh i'm actually almost done with like a lot of the stuff for it uh i've built the engine um i've built the level editor i started making the game itself uh did a lot of the art for it that's sort of my true passion project that a lot of people just don't know about um that's one thing that's the main thing really yeah you coded the whole engine yourself as well yes wow that's impressive like is it a 2d game or it's a 2D platformer, yeah. All right. And what language did you use for that? C++. Oh, yeah, definitely. C++, yeah. C. Wow. Like, I'm actually impressed. Like, do you have a GitHub as well? No, I don't. Oh, Later yeah. on, like, if you want, you should share this stuff. Honestly, it's going to be such a good thing, cool thing. You know, in the future, you can, like, look at it as documentation, honestly. Yeah. I, I really should uh, be, be in the habit of using it, but... My uh, my process surrounding game dev is actually like super sloppy because I, I just have no experience. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think one of the best, I mean, it might not be the really good advice in general. And to anyone who's listening, I'm just going to mention before saying that, that I'm an idiot. Don't take my word for granted. 
But <laughs> the thing that I kind of like, you know, learned as I go is that winging it as, you know, not really as like idiotic as it may sound is actually sometimes super helpful and beneficial. Because, for example, I didn't know anything about podcasting when I started. Like, of course, I did some Google searches, you know, right. but I decided to just wing it and go with whatever I know and my own style and thinking. And it just developed alongside time. And it was really sloppy at the beginning. But then I realized, oh, if I order this and I do things like that and that, that you know, things improve. And yeah. for every single issue that you come by, you, you you start a research project for yourself. Like not necessarily by big research project, but enough to solve that problem. And right. from as time goes by, you know, that it piles up to a huge mountain of knowledge that you gain in that area. And for example, in game development, I mean, that that could also, I think, in, in just anything, even game development, as you said, could really work as well, I think. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think so many people just get caught up in the whole like, oh, I'm not ready to start this. Uh, I don't know enough. I don't know what I'm doing. I need to do some more research. It's not good. The best way to learn how to do something is to, uh, I guess, fail at it a lot. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. And for anyone who might want to actually start making content on, you know, any social or just internet in general. Um, and if you're afraid that you might not be good or something or stuff like that, go check out my early episodes of the podcast and cringe as much as you want. And then you realize, oh, if this guy had the audacity to make podcasts, then I probably should, you know, I, there should be no problem for me, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And by the way, just I'm just out of curiosity. How long did it take you to actually get good at C++ to actually code an engine? Uh, good question. I took techniques of programming and data structures in college. Uh, so that was in 20, um, 2017 and 18 when I started. Uh, and I actually learned how to build the games by uh, building them. Uh, I know it sounds silly, but uh, my sort of approach for figuring out how to build the game that I wanted to make was to make other games that are simpler so that I could sort of uh, assure myself that I had the skills to actually do it. Uh, I built Tetris. Um, and that, like, once I was able to do that, I sort of realized that I, I had what I needed uh, in terms of skill skills to start working on my own game. Um, but there are still a lot of things that I have no idea how to do that I need to know how to do. Uh, so I'm definitely not there yet. But definitely starting with sm the smaller projects helped me a lot. Took me uh, like two years to to get where I am now, basically. But still, I mean, it's kind of impressive when when someone like you know has that kind of logical side of it like knows the skill well enough to in a logical side but also in the creative side as well you know you don't see that that much yeah which is really impressive i think so yeah good yeah. job thank and, you yeah the classes helped a lot definitely yeah, definitely and all right we've reached the final section and question of the podcast which is called final words all right let me explain quickly what that what that means okay basically in a Imagine in a short amount of time, maybe a couple of minutes only, a few minutes, you had the opportunity, the window of time to say anything to anyone who might be listening to this podcast in the future. It could be a month in the future. It could be a year, 10 year, 100 year. Doesn't matter. At any point in the future, from, from, another, from a human to another human, 
What do you have to say? Now, is this specifically relating to art or just in general? Or in both? Anything. Either. Anything in general. Wow. Um... As I'm sure you can imagine, that's not exactly the easiest question. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Take your time. Yeah, let's see. Because um, I'm, I'm trying not to be cliche, you know, like, oh, do what you love, right? It's fine, be cliche. I mean, that's actually one of the one of the reasons people hesitate to answer this question is because they're afraid to be cliche. Just doesn't matter, whatever your heart says. Yeah. I feel like that's it, honestly. Do what you enjoy uh, and, and have fun doing it. Um, I know so many people, you know, it's gonna be in the context of art because that's just sort of what I do. Um, I know so many people who, they get so hyper-focused on like improving and becoming better uh, to the point where they actually just don't enjoy doing it anymore, um, which sort of defeats the whole purpose in my opinion. And I think basically you can't be an artist if you don't enjoy doing art, uh, period. You just can't do it. Um, so as long as you're enjoying it, then it's something that you should be pursuing. Uh, and that's true for anything, not necessarily just art. Um, Obviously, there's this sort of uh, framework that's imposed on on our lives, which is like society and having to make money, basically, um, which affects things and it should not be ignored. Uh, but sometimes it should be ignored. <laughs> and sometimes you should just do what you enjoy, uh, even if there's no money or or you have no chance of making money at it. That's sort of the point of life, I think. All right, and that you actually, you know, said it's really nice. You know, if you're if you're improving and your journey in improving of arts starts to not become enjoyable, maybe you're doing something wrong. I mean, listen, sometimes you have to force yourself to kind of get good at something, you know, like as a discipline thing, I get that. But at the same time, in general, if you're, if that's like a 24 seven estate, there's a problem somewhere. And you said it's really, yeah. just honestly. Yeah. That, and the, the thing is like, if you're not enjoying it, the, the lack of enjoyment should come from your, your own frustration with the result, not necessarily like the actual act of doing it. Um, and basically any time that I was learning art and I was like upset or frustrated, it was after I created something, not during. Um, and you know, this is just me, so other people might be different, but if I'm not enjoying like actually creating the art, uh, it's always gonna be a terrible result basically. Um, and the sort of learning and frustration with learning comes from being upset with the result of something that you did enjoy. Uh, and sort of comparing it to maybe other artists or like, you know, self-critique, that sort of thing. Lots of times there's like a gap between what you know is good and what you can actually execute on a canvas. And that's where the frustration comes from. But I feel like if you're constantly just beating yourself up and like trying to force yourself to do art, it's not going to be very uh, constructive. 
Yeah, definitely. And well, thank you so much for coming by. It was a real pleasure. And where can people contact you if they had any questions or want to say something? Is there an Instagram account okay? Yeah, they can just DM me on Instagram. All right, awesome. And that's about it. Thank you so much for coming by. And thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode as well. And really appreciate your support. And please, in the comments, do let me know if there's any suggestions or critiques or just anything on your mind. You know, do let me know, write it down in the comments below. Or And also, if, if you don't want to write it down in the comments and you want me to definitely see it, which I mean, of course, I should call the comments, you can shoot me a DM as well. You know, I always, there's not a single message that goes unread. And uh, well, that's about it. Take care, everyone. Till next episode. Bye. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.